pastor and as someone who travels to speak, I always want to make sure that my message communicates to the audience of which I'm speaking this message. If you teach or if you do anything for the Lord, I hope that's your desire, that you want to connect with the people that God has placed before you. So from the offset, if I've not said it to you before, may God and I take so much joy and it's an honor to be here with you for these last few Sundays. It is an absolute joy and you have changed our lives and we appreciate that. And so with that being said, I never want to offend somebody through unconsciously saying something that offends you. Now, the Word of God is already working on that. That's why I don't want to do it. You see what I'm saying? Because the Word of God is going to make you uncomfortable. So I don't purposely want to do that. Okay? But there are times where I have to stay and obey God if it means that it's going to offend your mind because I want to get to your heart. See, God oftentimes will offend your mind to get to your heart. Because the heart is what he's after, and we'll see in this particular scripture. So God says, stay on this topic, but expand it now. And so this message is called Climate Change and the Church. Climate Change and the Church. For those who were here last week, I told you that in Paris, France, 150 of the world leaders got together to share how the governments of this world can bring a, in, or can transform the climate through having a summit. Now it's our turn. Amen. So climate change and the church. Be prepared for 2006. Hashtag 2006. This is the greatest year of the gathering place in your existence. I prophesy that. And the Lord would have me to tell you that you've been laboring for a long period of time. Don't you quit now. This is not the time to quit. Hashtag 2016. This is going to be the greatest year of this church and your life because the climate change is taking effect as we speak. Amen, somebody. Amen. So there's three points I want to emphasize in climate change and the church. So this is our summit, and you've been summoned by God to this meeting. I know you're not in France. You're in Marion, Ohio. Amen. A city that God loves. The three points I want to bring to you is, number one, first, we're going to deal with renewable energy. As parents, how many know that you need energy to parent your child in the day and the culture of which we live? How many know that if you're single, it requires God to continue to sustain you with all the temptations that are facing you out there? You need energy. Our second point is going to be clean environment. Our homes must be clean. Our workplaces must be clean. This morning when I arrived here and turned on the heat and made sure everything was in order, I decided to walk around this complex that God has placed us in. And it's quite interesting, brothers and sisters, that the front of this plaza is totally different from the back. Uh -huh. I journeyed into the back, and the Lord directed my steps, and I walked into the back of this plaza, this structure, and what I beheld was not clean. So as a church, we can't just have the front clean. We also have to have the back that's clean. We are not given the uh, comfort of being able to just have the front clean and not having the back clean. That's what we call religion. 
where we have a perception of righteousness or a perception of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. So whether you are at the front of our lives or you go to the back of our lives, God occupies my front and my back. Can someone say amen? Clean environment. And the third point is going to be then God's economy. How climate change really affect God's economy. And the word economy in its fundamental or in its basic understanding simply means management. And if you place it in regards to the family, it means the management of one's family. That is the word economy. And so therefore, the economy of the United States, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the biggest economy, um, also represents the fact that we have to maintain the family. If the family in America goes, so goes the economy. And therefore, the church, we have a responsibility to keep the economy of God going as we face this dispensation before he returns. Can someone say, I'm responsible? So we must then park ourselves in the genesis of God's heart, the book of Genesis. Moses was writing, if you're familiar with biblical history, Moses was writing to a people that came out of the world. They had no identity after 400 years of being beat up, 400 years of being given instruction by a slave master, after 400 years of them being told when to eat, when to go to the bathroom, what to do. Obviously, their minds were bombarded, and so their mindset was not of the things of God. And so Moses then, under the inspiration, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, starts to give them identity as a nation. And Moses then goes back to its Genesis and begins by saying, in the beginning, not in the beginning, Pharaoh, not in the beginning, any worldly king, not in the beginning, nothing. In the beginning, God. And he begins and says that the climate change, what you've been in for so long, has polluted your mind. That we must now begin with the God who is bigger and badder and more powerful than any gods that you witnessed in Egypt. Someone say yes. And sometimes the God of the world, the God of finance, the God of all these different things can make our God look so small. But it's time for a climate change and the church, we've been given the mandate to bring about this message. Now, it's interesting that as I was studying that culture and climate goes hand in hand. Culture represents the behavior of a people, but climate represents the environment that those people are in. So if you want to change the culture, the behavior, you've got to go and change the climate. And so it's important then that the church starts declaring the climate is now going to reflect the climate of Christ. And that God is going to have full authority as he rules and reigns in our life. And so then now Moses begins, he begins in Genesis 1, and we know the story. He talks of paradise, he speaks of the perfection of God, he continues to explain how God in one day, in two day, in three day, what did, can you imagine being there when God was creating all these things? I mean, it was just awesome. God can take chaos and bring creation out of chaos. Someone say he's a big God. Yes, yes. Parents, teach your children about God as creator. Because in school, they're going to try to teach you about evolution. But you tell your children in the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, mommy and daddy. Not in the beginning, nothing else. In the beginning, God. So he does that first. And so God then changes the climate and then he now creates humanity and he puts humanity in this climate that was awesome. Now I'm told that God's glory is like fire. It's like light. And the reason why Adam and Eve was able to be in God's glory, be in God's presence, was because there was no sin. They were in perfection. That 
God in his glory, God in his bigness, God in all of his creation, God who's so awesome, was dwelling with Adam and Eve, and they were a family. Someone say amen, the first family. God initiated that, and God had a great communion with his children. And so it was God's idea to start the family. The family begins with God. The family continues with God. And the family will end with God. You can never take God out of the equation. God is a big God and he wants to occupy our homes. He wants to occupy our workplace. And so we continue now and we see that God gave us this power of choice. The ability to choose. And so Adam and Eve chose disobedience. Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God's word. Adam and Eve chose to listen to the lie. When you listen to the lie, you empower the liar. And so the, the enemy was able to somehow articulate through deception that what God was doing was holding back from Adam and Eve. And that's how we feel sometimes that God is holding great things from us. And so we then go ahead and we try to play God. We try to be God. But in reality, God knows what's best for us. And as a result, we now experience the family altered. Not altered. The family was now altered. In other words, the family dynamic changed. Let me give you just a couple of examples of what it means for the family to change. Adam and Eve, who both were naked in the glory of God, now because their eyes were open, were bothered by their nakedness. So at one point, their nakedness didn't bother each other, but now because of sin and their disobedience and rebellion, now their nakedness bothered them. And then we went further now, and Adam now also blamed God. Eve was betrayed by the serpent. Cain and Abel, Cain shed the blood of Abel, killed him. And so we can see now that what we have now, and what the, the, the psychologists are calling this now, is the climate of the family became dysfunctional, and therefore the culture no longer reflects the nature of God. And the homes of your coworkers, the homes of the people that, that, that you meet on the street, their families in dysfunction. But God is saying, go to the church and you will see my family. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that those who are desolate, God puts them into families. They put them into families. If it wasn't for the church when my father left at the age of 13 years old, I would be lost. At the age of 13, I watched my father walk out of five, may I say, good-looking sons. I may say that, amen. And Megan, why aren't you saying amen to that? You married one of them. Walked out of my life, my family, and the view of family was altered that moment at the age of 13 years old. And I've been on this journey trying to find my identity through family. And so insecurity starts to manifest in my life. And jealousy starts to it, uh, manifest in my life. And shame starts to manifest in my life. And I didn't know how to date. And I didn't know what it was like to be with her. There was all these questions. All because of one decision was made. To alter the family. But thanks be to God, there was the church. I was asked on Thursday, tell me your background. Where did you come from? And I said to them, well, when I got saved, I thought everything was called church. I didn't know there was different denominations. I just thought it was church. And I just told them we met at a high school. 
It wasn't until I got around other believers that they were telling me, well, what church do you go to? And they, they confused me. So the church confused me. But in reality, God wanted the church to be a place where I found my identity. The climate changed in the church. And so the family was altered. And so this morning, what we have to see is God's plan, God's desire to get the family back together again. So we collectively as a family, one family serving one big God can change the climate of marriage. Am I by myself or do you really believe that with you and your children or you and your friends that we together as a family of God can declare that God is God over Marion and this state. Is there anybody that's with me this morning? Yes, we have resources that God has given to the family that we must use to push back the darkness that invades our home. We got to tell the enemy, you have no place in my domain. And so therefore, it was the family that gave Rowan his identity. It was the family. It was the church that gave me my wife. It was the family that taught me how to do business. It was the church. It was the family in the church that I found who Jesus is. And so let's look at renewable energy. And so in Genesis 8, we read verse 1. But let's continue on. And the Bible says the foundation of the deep in verse 2 of Genesis 8. And the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heaven was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, someone say, at the end. Come on, it's not always going to be like this. At the end, come on somebody. It will not always be this way. I know things are rough right now, but come into the family of God because at the end of 150 days, the waters had abated or they receded. And the seventh month of the 17th day of the month, God is so specific with dates and numbers. That's why I'm saying hashtag 2016. This is going to be your year where the enemy that was pursuing you will not pursue you any longer. Come on, somebody. God told Moses to go forward. He says that Pharaoh, that joker that's been following you as you follow the fire, go forward. This Pharaoh is not going to, but that's for somebody here this morning. Stay with the family of God because Pharaoh will not be following you anymore. He had you in bondage for too long. For too long, Pharaoh. It's got to come to an end. Someone say it's got to come to an end. The Bible said that when they saw the sea before them, that the renewable energy of God, see, God is not the wind, but he uses the wind. Come on, somebody, lest we limit God and make an idol out of the wind. God is bigger than the wind, but God can use the wind. And as the people of God, the family who left the world was looking ahead, they saw water in front of them, but they saw their past behind them. And Pharaoh, like the enemy, was mounting an attack on the people of God. And sometimes times gather in place you felt like you've been in the middle you can't go forward to the promises of God because the enemy has been holding on to you for so long but I'm here to tell you that God is using renewable energy come on somebody and God said he used an east wind and the wind blew right across the water and it caused the river to open up come on somebody we serve a big God I need you to help me to preach this message this morning we serve a big God that water has to obey his command and God said I've got to get glory and I will get glory out of the enemy look at God it is coming to an end hashtag 
2016. This is going to be the greatest year of your life. This is the year you will receive your healing. You will receive your deliverance. You will receive your inheritance. You will receive your prosperity. You will receive your husband. You will receive your wife. Come on. This will be the year. And they were in the ark and, and the waters continued to obey. The waters continued to move. And in verse, at the end of 40 days, biblical number, at the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made. Don't you miss that part right there. So renewable energy is the wind. Renewable energy is the water. Renewable energy is the work that we do. It said that Noah built the ark. There's some labor involved here, people. You will not birth your destiny while having labor. You cannot bring forth into this dimension without going through labor. Those who are parents who push through a child, you understand that concept, right? It's called labor, and there's got to be pain sometime. But the moment the promise comes out, you forget about the pain. And here God reminded Noah, God reminded Noah that he did the work, but God was in partnership with him. That the work that we must do, gather and place them for those who are here visiting with us. We must do the work that God has called us to do for he gives us the grace to do it. And when we do the work, I believe the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. And we've been building things and they're not sustaining and they're not working. We've got to build things that's going to last and the family is the institution that we must build. We must build the family. The culture is trying to erode. The culture is trying to make judgment on things that's been occupied and been given to the church. It's important that we look at that. So why is it then that if we've been given the renewable energy from the Lord, we have an issue? The problem and the struggle is that we must learn how to wait on God. Mm -hmm. Someone say amen. Yeah, yeah, we got to wait on God because his timing is not our timing. Uh-huh. And so in Genesis chapter 8, verse 7 to 12, I love this. And so when the waters receded and Noah opened up the window to the ark that he had made the work, he sent forth a raven. It went to and fro and watered, and the waters were dried up from the earth. This is verse, and this is what I love. This is why we have to work and wait with the Holy Spirit in mind. Watch, don't miss this. Noah built the ark. God is entrusting you to build your family, to build your business, to build, to build, to build. Upon this rock, I build my church. Even Jesus understands that. He's a cultural architect. He knows how to build. The apostle Paul I'm a master builder. We have to know how to build. But once you build it, we've got to wait. When Solomon built the temple, he waited through prayer. And because he waited, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So here is Noah now. He opens up the windows. Come on, he sees the heavens. Oh, good God Almighty. And he sends a raven out. But after that, he now sends the dove, a type of the Holy Spirit. He sends the, the dove out to check out the climate. Oh, good God Almighty. He sends out the dove and he waits in the thing he built because God gave him the blueprint. So he's safe in the thing that God told him to build. Waited on the Holy Spirit's direction direction parents don't you try to go forward without you getting a word from God because your children needs to know that your words mm, 
are words from straight from heaven so they can trust in everything that the word of God is telling us. We have to be that example. Someone say, wait. But the dove found no place to set her foot. Look at that. The Holy Ghost is moving throughout Marion and looking for a place where it can just set. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. The dove, the Holy Ghost is moving. The Bible says God is going to and fro throughout the earth looking to those he can show himself big, strong to. Can God come to your home and show himself strong? Yes, he can. You may have given up, but God said, don't you give up. Wait, 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 wait. And the Holy Spirit will direct you. That's for somebody here this morning. I'm feeling this thing in my toe. Amen, somebody. For the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. Look at that. Good God Almighty. He takes the Holy Ghost and says, come on, come back in because you got to find a place you can rest. And so Noah now gets, stretches out his hand and he welcomes and he receives the Holy Spirit. He receives it back into him because God didn't tell him to move. He was just sending out and he was waiting on the Holy Ghost. So in other words, he was praying again. He was seeking God's faith again. God, do I leave now? He says, wait! Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Don't, don't. Not yet. He continues. He waited another seven days. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening. And behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew hallelujah he got confirmation come on somebody when the Holy Spirit invades your life there will be evidence of his moving in your life and then you will know I've got the command from God it's time to move gather in place I think the dove has come back with something in her mouth oh good God almighty hallelujah Woo, good God almighty so Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove. Some of us would have quit the first week. But thank God you came back. Some would have quit the second week. But thank God you came back. Some would have quit the third week. But thanks be to God, you came back. Some would have quit two months ago, but you came back. Some would have quit last year, but you came back. Because guess what? Hashtag 2016. This is the year that you're going to leave the ark. You're going to leave the place of safety, and you're going to step into your season. You're going to leave the place of safety, and you're going to change the climate. And this is the year of God's favor upon your life. Someone say, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And when he sent the dove out this time, it did not return to him anymore. Let me declare a prophetic word for you in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 to 31. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. He gives power to the faint. And to him or her who has no might, he increases strength. You are indestructible family. Come on somebody when you understand this. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. As for me and my house we will serve the Lord God Almighty. Oh 
can I speak to the men here? The enemy knows if he can take the men out of alignment with God, that he has access to the family. In the garden, look at the strategic plan of the enemy. He didn't go to Adam. He didn't go to Adam and talk to him. He went to Eve and talked to Eve about the commandment. It was Adam who gave her the commandment that God had spoken to him, and he gave it to her. He was leading the family. And look at God. Eve, woman, you are built to receive things. You're not built to give anything. You're built to receive contrary to what people are doing or contrary to Bruce Jenner. You were created, come on, somebody, with the ability to receive, the ability to receive. Come on, ladies. I have to receive seed. I got to receive seed. So, men, if I give Megan frustration, she gives me back frustration. And if I give her heartache, she gives me back heartache. It's, it's whatever seed I give to her, she produced. I gave her seed. She gave me Danny. Thank you, Jesus. I gave her a seed. She gave me Lizzie. Come on, somebody. Whatever I give to her, she gives it back to me. And that was the design and the plan of God. Now, look at the enemy and his tactics. He makes Eve now become the giver and Adam become the receiver. He makes Eve go here, Adam, take this. And Adam says, okay, I will take that. And as a result of that, chaos took place. It wasn't the fact that Eve ate the fruit. It was the fact that Adam opened his mouth and ate the fruit. So we've got to get the men back over in the Middle East, over in the eastern part of the world. You save the men, the whole family comes. Come on, somebody. That's the design and the order of God. So our first business is this. Get out of the ark, men. We've got to get out of the ark, and we've got to go and lead our families according to the scriptures. And as you're leading your family, I know you're tired. I know it's hard. I know you got to work two or three jobs. I know you got to deal with a lot of things. But Isaiah 49... Isaiah 40, verse 29 and verse 31 is saying this. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall fall exhausted. But, oh, good God Almighty. It's amazing when you put the butt in the right place. Come on, somebody. But... They who wait upon the Lord mm, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. In the renewal, Andrew, we have the raven, we have the dove, and we have the eagle. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. Man, you must have an eagle mindset. An eagle has the ability to see miles away. The eagle has the ability that when they build their nest, it is built with such major structure that you literally have to blow it up if you're trying to remove an eagle's nest. Uh-huh. And he says now that you have to be like an eagle. Man, you have to have a vision for your family, a vision for your future. That's what you have to have. And when you have a vision, when you have a vision, you'll see the wind of God. When you have a vision, you'll see the waters of God. When you have a vision, you do the work of God. When you have a vision, you'll wait on God. When you have a vision, you won't be weary. When you have a vision, you will walk and not faint. You'll walk and not faint. And so here it is now. God calls the church to the gathering place. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Verse 1, 4, and 5. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. 
And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. This was Jesus. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hashtag 2016. This is the year that men are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, sisters. This is the year that men are going to start being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That men are going to lay hands on other men. Come on, somebody. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. Come on, somebody. And men are going to start mentoring each other. Men, come on, gather in place. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Receive the seed, ladies. Receive the seed. Receive the seed. Receive the seed. This is the year. Hashtag 2016 that men are going to come here because it's going to be a place where men are waiting on the Lord that says, yeah, I can watch the football game, but that's not changing my family. And I can do this, but it's not changing my life. I've got to wait on the Lord. I'm going to stay right here because Jesus said stay right here and wait for the promise of God. Come on, men. Let all the men shout, yes, I'm waiting. There it is. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Come on, men, lift your hands in this place if you can. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting, Jesus. I'm, I'm waiting right here. I'm not. It's me in my house, God. It's me. It's me and my family, God. And I'm going to wait on you. I'm not going to leave the place you told me to go. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. And the Bible says in the upper room, there was men, there was women, there were children. They were there in the upper room waiting on the Lord. And let me launch you with this. After renewable energy, we must now, men, we must, church, we must, my sisters, we must now understand that God requires a clean environment. It's a mandate of God for there to be a clean environment. We cannot go to bed with the culture, we'll wake up with disease and sickness and all type of things. We cannot, we must have a clean environment. I so want to find out who the owner of this com complex is. says, we're going to clean our back. I don't know about the rest of these business, but we want to clean the back of this place and let it reflect what it looks like in here because it's a place of excellence. Why? Because we have men and women. We have a family and we want them to know that our environment is clean. Is that making sense, everybody? I know we got to get rid of the trash. And in my home, I told my girls, don't you, don't you touch it. Don't you touch that trash. That's the thing we throw out. That's for me in my house. You can do what you want. That's for me in my house. And I said, when you get married, you go, don't you take the trash out. I never saw my father do it. I mean, I never, I never did it. My father always did it. And so, therefore, I'm setting an example, a mindset for them. Not that they won't do it, but I'm just telling you the mindset was this, that I valued them and I wanted a clean environment as much as possible for my children. I told my girls we don't keep secrets because if you struggle and you keep it a secret, it will become sin. If you have a struggle and you keep it a secret, it will become sin. That is the downfall of most men. I'm not going to make a general statement, but most men is they struggle in secret and it then becomes sin. And they have to understand, no, i got to be in a clean environment. So we need men who can live and operate in a clean environment for their family. It is very easy when you're driving on 270 to pull your car over and just to entertain yourself with all the glimmer and all the glamour of the world that's out there. 
is a very difficult thing. I tell Megan all the time, you got to lay your hands on my head and you got to pray, especially when it's summertime. Come on, somebody. And the clothing comes off and as men are eyes, see, we're trying to have eyes like an eagle. We're trying to create vision. We want to take it from a direction. And the enemy brings all these things. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And so we have all these things. I say, baby, you lay your hands on my head and you pray, God's blessing. Now God will give me a vision. God will give me an idea. God will give me a strategy for leaving, leading our children. A clean environment, Genesis 8, verse 15 to 22. Let me leave you with this. Let me launch you with this. Let me love you with this. Genesis 8, verse 15 to 22. Then God said. Where else did we read this? Then God said. In Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let there be. Then God said, let there be. The same God in creation is talking to Noah right now. He says, then God said. We cannot run from the God of creation. We always have to go back to the God of creation. Are you seeing that? Then God, Elohim. Then God, the almighty one. Then God, the all-powerful one. Said to who? To Noah. Get out of the ark. You, and watch the alignment now. Watch the family alignment. Go out from the ark. You and your wife and your sons and your son's wife with you. Did you see the family alignment? Noah! Yes, Father. Take your wife and your son's wives and take them out of the ark because the environment now is clean. God, God, I And go now and create a climate adjustment. And Noah, verse 17 says, he said, God continues, bring out every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Give me five more minutes. Watch this now. In the creation story, God creates vegetation. He creates the sun. He creates everything. He creates animals. Then he creates mankind to rule and reign. And he goes and he duplicates that right here. He says, let the animals go out. Let them multiply. Let them do everything. And he comes back now and he says, let them be fruitful and let them be multiplied. So, verse 18 says, so Noah went out. And his sons and his, look at the leadership right there. Noah goes out. And then his wife says, I got to follow the alignment. His son says, I got to follow the alignment. Their wife says, I got to follow the alignment. So Noah goes, I'm getting out and I'm going into the community now. Because I'm going to bring a clean environment because I've received renewable energy. I watch an operation. The wind, the waves, the working, the weight and everything. God commanded me to go now. So now I'm leaving. Men, it's time for us to leave. Lead. We have to leave, but we have to lead. Are you with me? We have to leave, but we have to lead. He says that you should leave your mother and father and lead. Come on, somebody. And that is the prescription for success. That is the prescription for success to have a climate change that we so desire. And he says this. I love this part. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, and everything that moves on the earth went out by families. Some try to say kinds, the King James says, or groupings from the ark. So they went out as what? A family. He sends the animals out. They go two by two. Family. They come out as family. God is all over families. God is everywhere here. And this is where we're going to park it right now. Then Noah built an altar. Because the family was altered in Genesis chapter 3. Noah now builds an altar. A place of sacrifice. A place now where there can be communion with God. He builds an altar. So men, no longer are you supposed to build an ark. you got to build an altar. 
God is building his church, the place where we come into, the called out ones. But men and my brothers and sisters, we have to build an altar. We have to build a place where we commune with God and our children and our great children and our grandchildren can see that there is an altar that we go before God. He says this. He says this. Then Noah took every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offering on the altar. The consuming fire, God consumed that offering. And it was this fragrance in verse 21. And here's how we're going to make the environment smell good. And when the Lord smelled the pleasant aroma, the Lord said in his heart. So gathering place, when we build an altar... When we build an altar with clean things, good God Almighty. When we build an altar with clean things and it's consumed by the fire of God. You touch the heart of God. This big and mighty God. Who the universe and the galaxies, the Milky Way cannot contain him. This offering that was built on this, that was burnt on this altar. God says in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. And here it is, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Every head by, every eyes closed, it's 12 o'clock right on the dot. Father, I've declared what you've told me to, to share. It's 12 o'clock and we've got to go, Lord. But if you would so indulge me just for a moment... And no, you have your children with you, and there's things we got to do. But where you are seated for the sake of time, can you make an altar? Can you make an altar? Your heart is what needs to be placed on that altar and not animals anymore because Jesus came, and Jesus became that sacrificial lamb. Jesus became the one who went to, to the altar, and it's this fragrance. So Jesus now... Became cursed for us. And the sacrifice of Jesus moved the heart of God. He says, yes. It's about the family. Father, in Jesus' name, as we are, as we are prostrate before you at this altar... Hashtag 2016. Please listen to me ever so carefully. If you, if you have to, to depart, I fully understand. I, please, I understand. But there are families here that I want to pray for. Whether it's individual, you're part of a family. Or whether you're married, you're part of a family. But especially the men. Ladies, if you could indulge us just for a few moments. If you, can, if you can be so kind to allow me to pray for the men. I'd so appreciate that. 
Yes, I see alignment taking place now. Build that altar gathering place and watch your life be altered and come in alignment. Every male that's in this place, lift your heart and if possible, lift your hands just for a moment. My eyes are closed because God is the one that you need to have looking at you. And with your hearts elevated to him, men, I want you to make this declaration, God, I'm going to wait on you until I receive power from on high. I'm going to wait on you. It's time I leave the ark, the place that I built as my security. The ark might be your living room. It might be your place where you work. It might be whatever, whatever is occupying your time. Leave that place now and lead. And make your environment clean by building an altar. If it's at your work, build an altar. Find a place in your home that could be the altar, the place where your children sees you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you now for all that you're doing, all you've done. And Father, I pray that the agenda of God was accomplished today. In 2016, be the greatest economic year for the church because in the midst of persecution we will prosper in the midst of a culture trying to change our climate we will stay steady and we will know we live under a clean environment in the midst of all that lord god because the more they afflict the church the more they multiply god so the more they try to afflict the family the more we're going to multiply in the name of Jesus. hashtag 2016 will be the greatest economy ever because it's god's economy in the midst of the famine, God gave a strategic implementation to Joseph, and Joseph saved the world. Church, because of climate change, we will save the world. There's fire coming, and the church will be the one to prepare. I wave my hand over you now in the name of Jesus. I wave my hand over you now, and I declare that you are blessed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I wave my hands over you right now and I declare gathering place. Rise up. You've been waiting. Rise up. The dove is coming back with something in her mouth. It is the power of God. <laughs> Generations will come together. Generations will come together. Della and I, we were talking one day. And we're talking about the music of the 80s and the music that we grew up on, the music I grew up on. I got saved in, in 1988, and we talked about that. And I said, we've got to bring that back. We've got to bring it back. We've got to bring it back. Why? Because there is value in a generation that cannot leave this planet until they give to us. We need the generation, the builders, the boomers, to give to this generation things that we need. 
So don't quit. If you're over 60, don't quit. If you're over 50, don't you quit. Don't you quit. Pray even more. Don't you quit. Don't you quit on us. My daughter needs to know what it was like to serve God in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, the 50s. And how God, there was prayer in school. Good God Almighty, we need you, Caleb. We need you. We need the Caleb's to say, give me this mountain. I'm still as strong as I am at 75 as I was in my 40s. I call you blessed. I call you blessed. I call you blessed. Receive the blessing of God. I call you blessed. Build that altar. I call you blessed. I call you blessed. Marriages are coming back together stronger than ever before. In the name of Jesus and to every married couple, you better get intimate now with the Holy Ghost because there's something inside of you that you've got to give birth to. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you now in Jesus' name. Bless your people as they go, Father. Bless your people as they go in the name of Jesus. You are dismissed. I launch you in the power. I launch you in the presence. Wait for the promise of God. Enjoy your afternoon, but let me encourage you, everyone you meet, tell them, ask them, are you leaving the ark? Are you leaving the ark? And will you change the climate? And will you change the climate? Because as for me and my church, as for me in the gathering place, as for me and the big God that I serve, Marion belongs to God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.